We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, my blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The Pettiest, Hardest Drinking Bills Podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And we just paid off the steak dinner bet that I lost with Greg Thompson at the end of last season. Cover one's Greg Thompson came into Buffalo, and we had a dinner-slash-hockey game evening. And I feel like it went... Just about as well, or at least as from start to finish, you could imagine a rock pile report dinner with someone like or outing or evening going like it went about as well as you could imagine if it was planned properly. Let me paint a picture for you. We get to the casino and we're parking inside the parking garage. And I ask Chris, I go, listen, I don't want to be the jackass with a pickup truck parking inside of a parking garage whose front end sticks out too far because it impedes traffic. So why don't you hop out and help me back her in? And I watch Chris stand there and do this. I see him in my mirror. He's doing this, 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 this. And then he goes at, at the same instant that my truck is hitting the concrete barrier. <laughs> now let's talk about how fast you were going. You should be for a guy who less, plays hockey. You, your reflexes. You are should poor. be less than idling back, not using the gas, which you clearly were using the gas. Because I'm a man to back to expect- back up to back up within three feet, and you want me to be able to all this talk about within you, you all- going ten miles an hour backwards, and me to throw my hand up. For, now, no. now, folks, funny thing. 
zero damage to my truck. So obviously 10 miles an hour is a bit of an exaggeration on my producer's part. Uh, kind of like when you uh, say you made reservations at the steakhouse. I did make reservations. I just didn't tell you about it. Yeah. <laughs> I you just should. assumed my wife would. Because to quote my wife, she she told Jess about it. She assumed that information would filter down. And but I don't you feel said like repeating that you myself. But you said you texted Jessica. I did. By, by, by extension. Where is, where is the Maury? By extension. Where is the Maury? I need that Maury Povich sounder. We've determined that as a lie. <laughs> so Chris lets me ram my truck into a concrete barrier. And here's what I love about Chris. Right now, he's being a tough guy about it. In the moment, the look on your face was fucking priceless. Chris had this look on his face like... For a split second, I saw it, and it made me die inside laughing because here's the honest truth. I know that's a steel fender. I have knocked over far worse things with my truck. <laughs> it just reversed. I was telling him on the walk in because I didn't want. I know he wouldn't feel bad, but I wanted Jess to not feel bad. And just so everyone was on the same page that I don't care. There was a day before the it was a Pittsburgh Steelers Buffalo Bills Sunday night football game. I believe it was the one here in Buffalo in an empty stadium. Do you remember that? Mm hmm. OK, I was going to pick up our sub tray and I got like the at the time, the Wegmans thing. They were only doing like, hey, you park in the parking lot in the designated spot and we'll bring the tray out to you. Don't come in the store. So I'm backing into that parking spot, and they've got this big concrete column with a number sign, like a numbered sign sticking out of it. And I'm on my phone. I'm looking at pregame stuff. I'm trying to see who's active, who's inactive. At about 15 miles an hour, I just crank this thing and knock, like bend. If it wasn't for the fact that this sign pole that they wrapped that concrete around clearly went down into the ground, that concrete pillar was bent backwards. And I looked at it, I got out, I looked at my truck, and I go, steel fender, eh, still got it, and just walked away, went on with my life. I did the same thing the other night when we were at dinner, but it was funny seeing a fleeting moment of concern on your face. You deserved it for the way you planned things. <laughs> so then we get to dinner. Dinner is okay, although I will say, subpar prime rib. It wasn't seasoned well. It had it did, did lacked a lot of flavor. I had to get horseradish. And what I thought was telling was that Chris goes, WD Steak, WD Grill is a phenomenal steakhouse. And then he orders a fucking salmon. Yeah. His his lady orders a steak, comes out, she orders medium rare. It comes out medium. I was like, oh, Chris doesn't actually eat the steak here. That's why he thinks this is a great steakhouse. Yeah, I've been to the one at Niagara Falls. That's where I've had a steak. Sure, and I've heard... Great things about that place. But I will say that for being within walking distance of the arena and free parking, you can't get a better deal than dinner at the WD Grill. Their cocktails are on point. They knew whatever weird drink you wanted. A full Monty. They knew how to make it. Chris was impressed. One of the funniest moments of the evening happens as we're leaving the restaurant. We get down. It's me and Chris standing in the parking garage. And we're, Greg goes to the bathroom. My wife, his lady, they go to my truck. They got to drop off a purse and swap shirts and do whatever women do whenever they're not around us. Um, maybe compare life insurance policies. <laughs> she wants to see how to get rich quick because we're both idiots. Yeah. So 
while Chris and I are standing there, I watch Chris go into his pocket and produce a Tupperware container with a screw-on lid. First of all, it did not go in my pocket. I had it in my hand the whole time. It was in. Did you take it from her when she walked off? Yeah, it was. Okay, in I thought her purse. you had. I thought you took it out of your pocket. No, I turned around. He's got this thing in his hand. It's a Tupperware container. Chris, what was in that Tupperware container? Easy. It was an old fashioned that I made. Specifically for Greg Thompson, because he's bougie. And I had to make him a uh, old-fashioned where I had... Because I have a drunctionary upstairs of all these old-fashioned combinations that I've done between which bourbon, is it a rye, single bitter, like whatever brand, the syrup I use, and the bitters that I put in. And I keep track of this thing. And so... Right before you came and picked me up, and I was like, you know what? I'm making Greg uh, old-fashioned. And I, like, went through my drunctionary and uh, made him... I forget I forget what I made. You were saying something with, like, cinnamon bitters and... No, I, was part of, I don't have cinnamon bitters. Cinnamon syrup is probably in it. Yes. I, at least I rated it, uh, like, an 8.8 on so, my scale. So this was the best part. Greg comes out. Now, Greg's a... Greg's a fancy man, right? He he's a he he's a well-established older gentleman. He walks out and sees Chris just all of a sudden holding a cocktail that he very clearly didn't leave the casino with, and you can see the confusion on Greg Thompson's face. And Chris just hands him a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Again, these are the things that happen when you hang out with Chris and I. Greg's very much deserving of one of my old fashions. So now we're passing this drink around. Like college kids were walking to the game. I got to have a few Andy Dwyer, like uh, Andy Bernard, delicious moments, right? A few Andy Bernard delicious moments, though. Because here's Greg Thompson, much bigger platform than mine. He's popular. People like him because he's not a jerk to people, yada, yada, yada. We get to the game. (laughs) Chris, tell me that wasn't pretty awesome. Just the way it all unfolded. Well, based on based on seating, the way we sat within our five seats, it went me and then to my right, uh, Jessica, Larissa, Greg, and Drew was on the opposite end of me. So it did not help that I had everybody to the right of me, so I couldn't hear anyone. <laughs> That's the way... The whole night went because I'm having to turn my head all the way around to listen in an arena to the people I'm with because I have that hearing loss in my right ear. Oh, that's right. We should have put you on the left end. So I didn't. Damn. I mean, I know that there was a dude in front. Whoever you are, sir, who sat directly in front of me during the hockey game. We didn't get a name. Didn't get your name. Gave him the address of the tailgate. I implore you to come hang out. Guy turns around, probably second period, and goes, I recognize your voice, man. Like, I love the podcast. <laughs> and my wife looks, and Greg looks at me, and is just like, what the hell? Larissa was mad. She was mad. She's like, why? Why do people like you? It's like, Net, no, I don't know, honey. I don't know. I'm a drunken jackass. I don't know why people like me, but I love it. I hope that that guy comes to the tailgate. Whether it's this week, the next week, anytime you're... Listen, get a hold of us at Report on Twitter. He, I doubt he has Twitter. Okay, so then... Why? Because he's older? 
Oh, yeah, he was That's old. ages, sir. I'm taking you to Human Resources. Or email us, rockpilereport716 at gmail.com. Tell us when you're coming. It'll be a great time. I'd love to see you again and catch up. This guy. So here's Greg, you know, B- big highfalutin Greg Thompson. We go to the gift shop with my wife. Not one, but three different gentlemen stop me to be like, hey, you're the guy on YouTube. Oh, man, those videos are sweet. Like you're doing. You keep t-. And I, I genuinely appreciate this because I think I look like a horse's ass on TV. Like when you see me doing this live on like, like right now, it used to be just me behind a camera. You couldn't see my face. You didn't know how bad my teeth were. Now it's all out there. The fact that you guys actually enjoy this stuff like that fires me up. Yeah, I wasn't present at the gift shop for that. I did hear about it. So then we're at the bar, and friends of Iman's roll in, and they're just like, Drew, what's going on? And I see the look on Greg's face. He's like, Jesus, what now? What? What is happening? It's like, Greg, you're so much bigger than me, but nobody, nobody knows you. <laughs> Nobody knows you the way they know me. Well, we are men of the people. We are men of the people. We so are I'm out saying, there. Guys, for any of you who I ran into at Key Bank Arena, please come have a beer with me at the tailgate one of these weeks. 4180 Abbott Road in Orchard Park. Doc's Lot. Doc's Lot. Stop by, apropos of nothing, have a beer. Or a cocktail. Even if you're not going to the game, stop by, have a few. Walk to the big tree. Walk home. Drive. I, I don't care what you do. It's just nice to see people who genuinely appreciate the nonsense we're doing back here. Because there are a lot of times where it... Chris, I, I, we leave at the end of the night and I go, God, these people must think I'm an idiot. You are. <laughs> I mean, I am. But, but at least I know that, right? Yeah, that's a silver lining. I think and then I think my favorite, I think my probably my I shouldn't say favorite because meeting all these people who appreciate the craft like that's my favorite part of the night. The prime rib was subpar. It doesn't even rank in the top five. She got a filet. Yeah. Why? Because they would have just overcooked it and then I would have had to send it back. You don't know that. So. We get here to drop Chris and Jess off. Chris goes to the bathroom, and I just make for the door. And Jess is like, what are you doing? I go, oh, I need a Montucky. It's like, I I can't be in this house without having a Montucky. It just doesn't doesn't feel right. Chris, oddly enough, it ended up being a pretty solid night out, don't you think? I mean, the only way it could have been worse for Greg's sake coming to a Sabres game and they get shut out. Oh yeah, they lost 5-1. So, I mean, yeah, the, they the got, hockey was dark. I've yeah. never I mean it's been a long time since you watched a game that bad? Since I watched the Sabres play that like there were most games during the tank for Eichel season where they looked way better than what they... It was one of the worst performances I'd ever seen. And it's just the one Greg happens yeah. to be here for? And then they then they then the next day, they got to go to Toronto and they win that game 6-4. to four. <laughs> So... Sports are dumb. Stats are meaningless. Eat at Arby's. Like, that's it. That's the lesson wrapped up in all this. And so in that spirit, we have to, because we're obligated to talk about it, 
our Week 10 preview that isn't really a preview. Uh, the Denver Broncos against the Buffalo Bills. Your time, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard. The place, Ralph Wilson Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. What does the weather look like, Chris? Well, actually, how about this? I'll get the weather. You get the line. What did I tell you before we press record? You said they were probably a, tu- a touchdown favorite. Exactly. It's more than that. Wow. What do we got? Bills minus seven and a half. Okay. Sunday, 42 and clear, no precipitation. In fact, the days leading, multiple days leading up to it, there's no precipitation in the forecast, which tells you it's probably going to be. Oh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's Sunday. We're talking about Monday. I'll tell you what, it's supposed to rain that day. Wonderful. Let's take a look. Precipitation, 40%. So it'll be that weird, annoying, like almost like the Giants game where it just yeah. mists for 18 hours. Gah. Perfect. A perfect time to spend all day waiting on pins and needles to see whether your team's going to blow it in front of everybody again. The crew for the game is Bill Vinovich. I don't know if that helps or hurts us. Yeah, on one hand, the clutching and grabbing and the stuff that Bill Vinovich officiating crews usually lets teams get away with. I feel like we're going to need some of that, given the state of our secondary. Yeah. At the same time, that could also, given the state of our offense, might just blow up in our faces. I don't know. Who do we get on the call? Well, it's Monday night. Aikman and Buck. Is this the first game by Aikman and Buck that the Bills... Have, is this our first Monday night game of the year? No, I thought we opened the on opener. Monday. Okay, so the opener. Outside of the opener. This Okay, so this is our second. Yeah. God. I think I was too busy yelling to really appreciate Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. Iman would have to... He would have to confirm that. <laughs> There's obviously no injury report out as of today. I mean, obviously, we're going to have some problems. Meanwhile, the Broncos are fresh off a bye and apparently are getting healthier, which is exactly what we need. It's also weird that we have another Sunday afternoon with no football. Like, I survived this one literally by smoking meat all day. I don't know what to do this coming Sunday. Well, you have... Indianapolis in New England from Germany at 9.30 in the morning. Then at 1 on CBS, you have Green Bay-Pittsburgh. Okay. On Fox early, 1 o'clock, we have Cleveland-Baltimore. And then the late game Sunday is Giants and Cowboys. And then Sunday night is Raiders and Jets. Hmm. So... I can tell you on Sunday night, I'm going to be watching hockey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, What are the odds that the end of that game has a hockey score? Not possible. <laughs> not possible. It's not a two to three finish. No, I'll a be three uh, to seven. Now, if you follow hockey, it's a eight o'clock puck drop on Sunday. San Jose at Anaheim. And I you will, want to talk about hockey scores. I will. That They might be the same because San Jose gave up two 10 spots in a row. So a 10-3 game could technically be a hockey score. If you're playing San if Jose. you're playing San Jose. Oh, screw them. It's weird in the run-up to this football game trying to get amped up to do a preview show. Because this team has robbed me of my joy of prepping for these games. I I haven't had any interest in looking at statistics. I haven't had any interest in looking at 
well, what do the Broncos do well? Where are some things that the Bills might be able to take advantage of? Because it doesn't matter. Apparently, they don't. Like, it doesn't matter all of the weaknesses of our opponent. Our team will fail to exploit them. Do you remember years ago, Chris, when we started this podcast where I would use just my acumen, X's and O's, a little bit of statistical research, and then I would point out things that I thought our team could do. Here's where we could get leverage on this team. And then the following week, we'd recap the game and I'd point out like, hey, I was right about this. I was right about that. They did this. It worked. And I would use those to point to myself and go, I know what I'm talking about. This 2023 Bills team has robbed me of that. I can't do it anymore because I feel like a hack. I feel like I come in here and I talk about a whole bunch of things that might be, and then none of it comes to fruition. Chris, all I can think of is that that Ron Swanson thing, where he's like, the only thing I hate more than liars is skim milk, because it's water that's lying about being milk. Mm-hmm. The only thing I hate more than having to peruse, like do statistical analysis in football is when I find things that should work and the football team just refuses to do it, and then they also blow football games in the process. They literally do anything but that. Makes sense. So now I look at this and I say to myself, we're in the hunt. Isn't that nice? Yeah. We're in the hunt. That's that's good for us. I'm so happy for us that we get to have this again. That we now have gone back to the place where we were with a, uh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. I believe we've been here with uh, who all? Uh, uh, Drew Rex, Bledsoe. Rex Ryan. A uh, Drew Bledsoe has allowed us to be here. A uh, Tyrod Taylor has brought us to this place before. It's weird thinking that we're here with a Josh Allen and a Stephon Diggs and a Dalton Kincaid and a revamped offensive line and a how are you in the hunt right now? And yet here we are. So let's talk about it. This game, you know, all this stuff that we you know, we talk about this this trope of like you can't win or lose a season in a single week. I feel like we've reached a point where you have to throw a lot of that away. According to the NFL Times playoff odds calculator, and if I'm just looking at this on its face, NFL New York Times playoff calculator. You're looking for this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. So, scroll up. Okay. What is their current odds right now? Hang on. So... 50, 48%. Right now, with everything clear, we are a 48% chance to make the playoffs. Okay? That's just a shade better than the Steelers, who are at 44, and the Chargers, who are at 36, and the Texans, who are at 32. All of these teams are nipping at our heels. And I think we can also, like... The Texans might be the one team that you're excited about just because of their quarterback, right? Yeah. Everyone else you can point to and go, I don't think it's a good team. The Steelers can't score any points. And yet somehow, because their schedule is weak, and they lucked out against the Titans, and they've squeaked out a couple other close ones, like, this is it, right? You're just a shade better than that Steelers team that can't score any points. It's really frustrating when you see where like your corollaries are and it's it really is frustrating. Like I look around the AFC or the AFC and I have it here in front of me. The Patriots are less than a 1% odds to make the playoffs now at 2 and 7. But that's what happens when you get to seven losses. The Bills aren't far from there and we still have a really brutal stretch of games coming up ahead of us. Meanwhile, you look at the you look at the AFC North. Every single team in the division has a better win percentage right now than Buffalo. Because they're all sitting at five and three. That's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. When you look at the Browns who haven't had a starting quarterback in how long? The Steelers, who have a starting quarterback who just stinks. When you take a look at teams like the Colts, who aren't that far removed from where you are, and you go, they only have a 15% chance, this game becomes incredibly pivotal to what happens to us for the rest of the year. Chris, why don't you go ahead and click the the Bills lose and see what that number drops to. Losing to the Broncos. Hold on. Losing to the Broncos, I think, drops us down to... Calculating 34%. Okay. What happens if we lose another? Like, so don't, not not even the Jets. Just pick another team on this list Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers that you think we might lose to. No, lost to the Broncos. And then one more anywhere in there where you think we might lose. Might lose. We'll just at play Philly's safe a good pick. and at Chiefs. Okay. If you were to go and say, hey, we're going to lose in Arrowhead and we're going to lose in Philly, and we also lost this game to the Broncos, our chance to make the playoffs is 11%. 11%. With the win this week, the Bills watch their playoff odds jump to, what is a coin flip? 52%. It's not great, but it's something. 
And then if you were to lose both the Broncos and Jets games back-to-back, Chris, why don't you do me a favor and just show me what that looks like? It's not good. 8%. Which is also the interest rate you get on a new house lately. Is that right? Chris? 8%. A loss in this game against the Broncos drops them to around 30%, 28%. Something that you would have thought was impossible back in September. Specifically, if I could have gone back in time and told you, hey, did you know that going into Week 10, the Bills would be less than 40% to make the playoffs? Like, less less than a coin flip to make the NFL postseason. But we still have Josh Allen, and we still have all of our premier weapons, and we still have everything going for us on that side of the ball, that we would be in this position? You would have called me crazy. Just for laughs, what I did was I combined that, like a loss, okay? A loss to the Broncos, a loss to the Jets, and a loss to the Eagles. And the results, Chris, I think Chris Farley and Tommy Boy articulated it best. I can't stop! There's a cliff! And your family screaming, Oh my God, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs! In comes a meat wagon! And the medic gets out and says, Oh my God! What is the percentage if we lose all three of the next? The next three? Yeah. I mean, that's... It's 5%. A loss to both the Broncos and the stubborn Jets, who always seem to have Josh Allen's number, would give the Bills, with a loss at any one of their upcoming opponents who are all very talented football teams, single-digit playoff odds for the first time in any season since 2019. There's a lot of people who want to argue about how we got here or what it takes for the team to improve. I just want to pose the the question, what happens if it doesn't, right? Like, usually that should be the thing. Like, when you're an athlete and you think about things, it's never, like, you never want to go into a contest thinking about what happens if I lose, right? That's a defeatist attitude, I believe, is what they call it. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I'll be the one to posit what happens if they don't write the ship here. What happens if all of this falls apart at the halfway point of the season and this, de- this gradual descent into hell that we've been on just continues? Well, I've got some insight. Von Miller becomes another year older and counts $23 million against your cap next year. Gabe Davis, probably gone at the end of the season takes a payday somewhere that the Bills won't either can't or won't get them. Because it is hard to pay Knox, Diggs, and Davis with the money that all these defensive players that we've decided to give contracts to are commanding. Your starting center, Mitch Morris, is going to retire. Which means you've now lost a wide receiver too. Your starting center, 
They've been part of the core of your team since you've been good, haven't they? Yeah. Okay. Sean McDermott will have overseen one of the most prolific peaks and declines of a football team in our lifetime with no hardware to show for it. There won't be no amount of excuses will make up for what has been a neutered and inconsistent offense that was once talked about as one of the league's most potent offensive presences. And it will have happened while adding pieces that were supposed to make them more effective. You added a speed running back. You added a small wide receiver with 4-4 speed. You added a first-round tight end that was supposed to make you better between the hashes. And somehow you will have put together one of the biggest declines from one year to the next of an NFL offense that anyone my age, 38 years old, has ever seen. I, I don't know what to do with that, Chris. It's sad. I mean, well, you are sad to begin with, so... Yeah, but... It makes sense. I'm not ready to dive into what else comes, but it's, I've, I've, I've looked down the barrel of this thing, and it's not good. <sighs> A loss to Denver on Monday would absolutely put us on the track to that scenario. We have reached a breaking point here. There's no other way to... There's, there's nothing else. You know, everyone's been willing, myself included. I've been duped into this idea that we can all, okay, we'll golf clap. We can give some players their flowers and talk about all the ways that the coaching staff, their flowers and talk about all the things that they've done well situationally and individually and in a vacuum. The reality is this team is going to need to come out and play this game like their football season depends on it because it does. And that's it. There's no other way to parse this. It's depressing that we're even in this scenario to begin with. Yeah, we talked a lot about it during the recap show, but I've never been more disappointed. Like, during the drought, those coaching staffs, I didn't give them a pass, but I understood that they were bad. I understood that you were just you were a bad fit. You shouldn't have been hired. Or you should have been hired with an exit strategy in place. Chris, not a single one of our coaches during the drought went on to do anything else with their careers, did they? Nope. Still waiting for that Dick Jerron turnaround for his own <laughs> career. Is he still alive? I mean, he, yeah, looked like, he looked like Skeletor on the sideline. He's still alive. You better Google that. I'm, I am. Before we besmirch the man. So, I guess I'm just looking at this going, I've never had expectations of a coach until now. Not in my lifetime, anyway. And now that I have a taste of it, and I'm watching what this is, it's sad, and it's pathetic, and I, I just don't like it. I hate everything that's currently going on with our coaching staff, the state of our roster, you guys heard our recap. I'm not going to bore you with this. Instead, what I'll do is I'll just run you down the bullet points of the things that I think are going to maybe make or break this game. The Broncos are healthy, and they're getting healthier every week. And their offense has never really been the problem. Like When you look at what they've done this season, 
the offense wasn't the issue for a lot of the mind you no team is perfect right like obviously things have not gone well the let russ cook era like it's meme fodder at this point it has not gone well but with that said this year the offense has had some prolific performances what does he have one two three okay so Russell Wilson does not have a single 300-yard passing game. He's been around the 200s. Their passing offense for all the weapons they have isn't nearly as effective as you'd think they would be. But at the same time, they've managed to score. You know, in this week's AFC's roundup, I'm going to make the point to one of our guests that one team in our division leads the division in Games of 14 points or fewer scored. The Bills only have one. The Dolphins only have one. Chris, how many do you think the Denver Broncos have this year? Say that again. Have have how many what? 14 or fewer points scored for the Broncos this year, even as they sit at three and five. I feel like they've had to have done that like four or five times. Once. They scored eight points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Every other game, they've scored 16, 33, 20, 31, 21, 19, 24. Chris, they score points. Their defense just can't keep the other team out of the end zone. Where this becomes hard for us is that we don't score points anymore. We no longer have an explosive offense for reasons that we've already beaten to death with a shovel. That's a problem for us. Especially going... So so what you're telling me is Denver can move the ball and score points. It's just been their defense that's bad. Oh, but wait. Their defense is on a heater right now. A defensive turnover hot streak. 11 turnovers in five games. And those are just the ones they've capitalized on. That's not the forced fumbles that they didn't have a guy fall on inadvertently in a pile. So the Bills are now not only going to have to score, but also play fairly mistake-free football. Which at this point, I don't even know if that's a reasonable request. I don't even know if that's something that's reasonable for me to ask of them. What I will say is I look at the soft coverages by Sean McDermott on the defensive side of the ball, and I say to myself, all this off nonsense that you were doing during Cincinnati, that you were giving them free inside releases off the line of scrimmage because you were terrified that Dane Jackson might get beat over the top. You are paving your own way to hell on defense. Sean McDermott's fear and tentative nature is the reason that he's failing. And now you're going to take it into a game against a team with nothing to lose and one who has playmakers. Cam Sutton and Jerry Judy are good at playing NFL wide receiver. Judy from the slot is incredibly difficult. That's a size mismatch against Teron Johnson. I don't know. I used to believe that I could trust our safeties, but after the last month of football... They both look old. They both look old. And I don't know that I can trust them to have Teron Johnson or our linebackers back when it comes to trying to corral Jerry Judy when he operates out of the slot. 
This has Chris. I can't have Tyrell Dodson out there again. This is a team that's averaging 138 rushing yards per game over the last month. That's crazy. They they could conceivably just play ball control offense and wait for our offense to fuck up. And that's it. That's your game. I It kills me to take a look at this matchup and go, for all the things I'd love to be positive about, I can't find a whole lot of it today. Now, some of this is just the proximity to Sunday's loss, but I really don't know. Linville Joseph, who just signed with the team, might end up being our most important defensive lineman of the entire week. I need that guy. I need that guy to go out there and just be a roadblock for their guard and center on a consistent basis. I don't need you to move. I just need you to be a stump and make them flow around you. Because maybe our linebackers have a shot at this. I can't have Tyrell Dodson in the red zone who just doesn't know how to take out a run fit. Not in this game. But I'm sure Sean McDermott will trot him out there. I'm sure he will. Like, Did uh, Bernard get... Probably he's not going to get cleared for his concussion to play. We're going to have to find out. This is it. Like This is your game right here. You're going to go into a game like this that you should win comfortably. That Vegas thinks you should win comfortably. If you're not a horse's ass in terms of coaching. And yet they will make the wrong calls. They will choose poorly. They'll choose to try to rest the defense instead of just going whole hog on quick scores Downfield passing, let's hit them between 10 and 15 yards of play and see if we can't chunk our way down the field and get on the board first. Make them one-dimensional and take that run take that run game away. They will not do that. I'm convinced of it. I don't think they have that. If there was ever a time to uncork it, it was Sunday, and they failed the litmus test. We've talked about this. So the only thing I look at, I go, the Broncos are 0 for 4 in games with two or more turnovers. And they do turn the ball over quite a bit. You know, in their loss to Kansas City, where they only scored eight points, they turned the ball over three times. They gave the Jets the ball three times. They gave the Dolphins the ball three times. Even this past week, when they blew out Kansas City, they still turned the ball over. Buffalo has to come out on the right side of the turnover margin. Our margin for error is razor thin here. And we seem to be playing a team that's a perfect matchup for all the things that could absolutely unravel what we're supposed to be. This game, like last game, was supposed to be the one that if you wanted to win it, you needed a shootout mentality, and instead we came in there. We literally did the thing from, uh, what is it, the, uh, the Untouchables. We brought a knife to a gunfight. Now you're playing a less talented football team that operates with the same mentality. We're going to run the ball, but we're going to do it effectively. And oh, by the way, our quarterback may not be as efficient, but he can be effective in spots if you're going to let him. You guys have to outscore these guys and take away that rushing attack. Do you trust, deep down in your bones, Chris, that this coaching staff has learned anything from this week? No, they might have uh, hit their peak. It's. I hope I'm wrong. Like, as we sit here and have to talk about doing a podcast, I just, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated beyond belief that we have to sit here and talk about this. 
that with all the money and all the talent and all the time spent and all the ways that this team thought they made themselves better, you get to watch the talent come undone, not because of their own faults, but because of a coaching staff that literally can't stop stepping on itself. Our coach has to be better than their coach. Do you know who their coach is? Sean Payton. Do you genuinely believe that Sean McDermott has the ability to out-coach Sean Payton? No. Guys, I I hate being a downer. I don't know how I don't know how this breaks for us. The Bills either have to get a lobotomy as a franchise and become something different between now and Monday night. Or else we're looking at the end of our end of our season. It's it's one of the more embarrassing things. Like it, and I think it all comes down to expectation, right? But clearly I have no expectations for this team anymore. They've ruined that. But when we hit this season, we had expectations. We truly believed that even though the Dolphins were going to be improved, we could keep pace with them. Especially because we mopped the floor with them. And then what happened? And we just fell off the map. So what changed? Are we no longer the team that beat up on the Dolphins? Like, what What happened to that football team? I have uh, three suggestions. Sure, let's hear them. Trey White, Achilles. Matt Milano, leg. Daquan Jones, titty. That's okay. That's McDermott. What you're talking about? Defensive injuries for a team that literally dribbles piss down its own leg on offense. This has nothing to do with that. Or at least it shouldn't. There should be zero correlation to defensive injuries and how many points you're scoring per game. In fact, if anything, it should get worse, right? Like, it should get better that you're scoring more points per game because you know that that's what you need in order to win a football game now because your defense can't hold hold serve. And instead, we've done the opposite. We've gone the other way. Whose fault is that? Yours. It must be. It must be. It's my fault. I should have drank the bleach. I should have drank it. Good Lord. Chris, I I don't know. All I guess I can say is, guys, come hang out at the tailgate this week. I almost sold my ticket. This close. This close to selling my ticket to that game after Sunday night. I. You can't do that. <laughs> you, but you know that I can. You tarnish the integrity of the podcast do by, you know, by doing that. Do you know how fed up I am? I'm, I am Michael Douglas in the movie Falling Down. And right now, I'm driving my car down the highway. And I'm stuck in gridlock traffic. And I'm just holding the wheel. And is I'm it, looking at these offensive statistics. And I'm just holding the wheel. Is that and how I'm you, looking at the want ad. And I'm looking at... Well, here's a job interview I went on that didn't get. Here's a here's a missed red zone opportunity. Here's a fumble in the red zone. Here's where you're pitching short. And one of these days, like I had this analogy that I gave my friend Neil a long time ago, and he loves it. It's this idea that patience is like, think about you have a giant bag, a giant burlap bag, 
And patience is like a rope. Like patience is a, a, a bag full of rope. And things happen in life that take rope out. And then sometimes you're feeding rope back into the bag. The problem is, is you don't know where the end of the rope is. So over time, you keep taking rope and you keep taking rope and you keep pulling and keep pulling. And you just hope that eventually you can start putting something back in. You can start putting, feeding some rope back into that bag. Because I don't know how much is in this bag. I just know that I've pulled a lot of it out and the end has to be down there somewhere. You never know where or when you're going to run out. And when you do, it's usually a really unfortunate set of circumstances. That has been my life's experience. When I run out of patience, it's volatile. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, this is my falling down. This is me standing here going, I've pulled rope and I'm pulling a lot and I'm pulling more. And I don't know how much is left inside this bag. And Chris, when I get there. You do strike me as somebody that would drive a vehicle with their hands at four and seven. For those that were just watching on YouTube, you saw Drew. Wait, here? Oh, yeah. No, you definitely go down here. (laughs) In fact, sometimes you lean back and you only hold it like by like five or six. I strictly (laughs) drive with my hand at noon. (laughs) Where's your sense of adventure? Sometimes you gotta hand. be able to. Sometimes you gotta be able to whip it. Left hand Whoop. out the Whoop. window. I prefer to drive with the windows open if possible. Wait, window open, one hand at twelve, one hand at the window. So you're driving like a cholo. Yeah, <laughs> what you're doing. You're, you're super Mexican. Are you gonna let this stand? He's appropriating culture here. That's what I do, guys. Ultimately, I'm not gonna get into the weeds on this. I'm furious and I'm on, I'm teetering on the edge. I'm teetering on the edge and I'm sure a lot of you feel the same. This game is basically the coaching. Like, this is your chance, man. If you ever, if, if you have anything left, if you have anything left in the tank that you've been saving for like, Hey, maybe in a wild card game, like remember in the wild card game against Houston when they pulled out the, the pass to Josh Allen for a touchdown? And yeah. Our heads exploded. If you have any creativity left, Today's the day. If you have anything in terms of organizational skill when it comes to these players, now's the day. If you're ever going to unshackle this football team from the mediocrity that is Ken Dorsey and is the overthinking that's been taking place over a one-bills drive on both sides of the ball, now's the time. And if you can't do it now, then you you just can't. And then I have no sympathy for whatever comes next. And the worst part is, is that there's a chance nothing happens. There's a chance this franchise decides the status quo is okay. In which case, then we all have decisions to make. I'd prefer not to think about the falling down Michael Douglas scenario. So in that way, we're going to hope and pray that the Buffalo Bills have a victory in them on Monday night for us. Allegedly. Chris, is there anything here we can make a sequence bet on? I believe the Broncos to cover. <sighs> That's okay. Because, yeah, you know, it's gone so well for Buffalo this season in that regard. Yeah, that's about the uh, only thing we can uh, agree on. Under over for Gabe Davis targets. 
He's coming off a zero for zero performance. What's the under over? What does DraftKings have him at? I mean, I can look on FanDuel because that's what I clicked mm-hmm. on. You'll have to give me a second to log in. I don't know. I, I love how you can't log into apps. Guys, apps have, have gotten too. Hang on. Apps have, to, have gotten You have too to aggressive. put in a password and your username. It just. Because it's linked to your bank account. You're not. It's. You're going to have to log in every time. And your phone doesn't let you just have biometrics? Like you could just thumb screen? Yeah, I can tap and log in. Yeah, so why don't you just do that? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Give me a second. I got to find the goddamn game. Boo. I don't even know what. You got alternate spread. What do we want here? Will there be overtime? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I would ask to be dragged outside and just beaten by security if this thing goes to If this went to overtime, I'd start a fight just so they drag me out. Scoring <laughs> totals. I don't see player stats on here. No? They're not giving props yet? No. All right, so what do you think, Chris? If I go to Gabe Davis and I take a look at what he's doing here, Gabe Davis, I know Mark loves that. Here we go. Gabe Davis, he's gone from three of three. (laughs) Okay, so it's three of three against Miami for 61 and a tutty. (laughs) One for four against Washington, except it was a tutty. Six of seven against uh, the Raiders, right? Like, you look down early on in the season, his usage was awesome. Then he disappeared for a while. Uh, Against New England, five targets, one catch. (laughs) One catch for six yards. Against Tampa, he was the man. Twelve targets, nine receptions, a touchdown, 87 yards. Since he... Zero targets, or two targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Do you think they continue this trend of just marginalizing this guy? I would believe so. I don't, I'm looking on uh, so if we set DraftKings the, now. So if we set the under over at four, maybe three and a half, we'll call it, for receptions. Not targets, but receptions. If we want to talk about targets, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, DraftKings don't have anything. All right, so we're going to make our own. What do you got? We'll call it three and a half receptions. What do you got for Gabe Davis? Three and He's going to be the one working opposite. Patrick Over. Sert- Patrick Sertan is going to be shadowing Stefan Diggs. Over. Over. All right, I'll take that. You're going to take the under. Yep, I'll take the under because I think this is a Kincaid and Shakir game. I think that's how you get out of this. You just lean into the fact that those two guys get open because they're on third and fourth string targets, uh, defenders. I think that's your key. Lean into this. And also, if you're going to run a post route, don't run it with a guy who's under six feet tall. There is one guy on the whole team who can run a a streak or a post, and it's Gabe Davis. If you're going to call that fucking play... You do it with Gabe, and if you're not going to, then scrap it completely. I I got nothing else. Like, I, I'm done. We've already ranted too much about the staff and their decision-making and the things that are going on, and Josh Allen's just face after these games. I can't take it anymore. I need a, res- I need a respite from it. 
this team has an opportunity to give us all of that, or it is the opportunity to throw away their entire season in a single night. More on the line. Coaching staff's reputation kind of in tatters right now. They need some image repair. It's all right here for them. They just have to go take it. And it's not going to come easy because this opponent is built the way that a team that should give them fits is built. I don't know. It's going to be an incredibly interesting week of NFL football. Hopefully when we reconvene here next week, I'll be a little less apoplectic. Chris, if not. (laughs) I don't want to think about it now, but man, is it going to be bad. Guys, this has been fun just talking about it hasn't been, to be honest. This podcast has not been fun. This week of podcasting has not been a thrill. But we do it because you guys enjoy it. You guys enjoy it. And we're contracted, too. Let's not forget that. Oh, well, yeah, but also, I need to get this shit out, and I can only... Who, who am I going to... What am I going to tell my wife about this? No. What does she get? You're going to yell about uh, Jack and Tom. Yeah, my sons. They don't care. My family members. They listen to the podcast because they don't want to hear me yell at them in person. I'm here for me. I'm here for you. And for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. And this has been your Week 10 Preview. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.